This season of Cancelled Movie Report is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. But more about that a bit later. Hello and welcome to Cancelled Movie Report, the documentary podcast series that talks about the best movies that Hollywood never made. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Campo. And joining me, as always, is actor and comedian, Mr. Eden Porter. Thank you very much for having me, Campo. Oh, smack bang in the middle of one of your reports, Eden. The old X-Men, mate. X-Men, that's what we're liking at the moment. Look, this is part two. So if you haven't listened to part one, go back and do that first. But if you need a little recap, here's a quick recap for you. Would you like to stop being hurt by humans and instead be the one who does the hurting? For a change. So you want me to join your, uh, what do you call them? X-Men. There is a war on the way. Humans against mutants. See, a bunch of us got something going. It's called the Brotherhood. I'm not interested, okay? Now, this is when we meet um, two new characters. Um, there's Gyrich walks over to meet uh, Trask. And Trask, he shows him what he's been working on. And we see three pairs of glowing eyes from inside the truck. Alliance of Mutants calling themselves the Brotherhood have claimed responsibility for the bombing. If it is your desire to fear mutants, it will be our pleasure to give you something worth fearing. A dart hits Beast in the chest. Uh, Xavier sort of looks around and he's also hit in the neck with a dart. They all sort of pick Beast off and, uh, and start dragging him away and we're left with Xavier unconscious as shadow falls over Xavier. It's Magneto. He picks him up and he leaves. Now let's get back into the film. Okay, so so already, are you sensing sort of a bit of a a, a theme or a vibe with this particular version of X-Men? Yeah, it's it's a lot more fun and, and camp and silly. Yeah, camp sort of comes to mind. Some of the, like yeah. the quips and stuff that happen. Yeah, and it's a bit more like that. I can imagine them being a lot brighter, and it's it's yeah. Because remember, this is ninety four. Yeah. So this is pre the dark and gloomy sort of where it sort of takes over. Just just uh, just pre the neon Joel Schumacher era. Yes. Well, that's right. Yeah. So maybe this would have been a little bit more up and you about. You think it might be more Technicolor? Yeah. I will also say. This is obviously a draft that did eventually morph into the movie we got. Yep. Nothing like it so far. <laughs> yeah. It's so different. I know. Really, it, is, it really is, isn't it? Yeah. And you did allude last episode that you will see elements perhaps that, mm. that uh, have stayed over. Uh, but at the moment, completely different. Many. Yeah. There's not completely many. Completely different. Many. And I feel like there's a way bigger emphasis on like getting the team together yeah. and teamwork and what we're building something. Whereas I feel like... The, the other one is just about, oh, we've got to stop this thing. Yeah. At the moment, uh, there's a couple of things that I don't really see as much of an allegory mm. in this one. So Brian Singer, who I am no fan of, yeah, uh, but I understand why he was drawn to making the X-Men as an allegory for gay rights. Yes. Him himself being a gay man. He saw the persecution of the mutants as a gay rights allegory. And I understand that why he wanted to make it. Originally, it was a race allegory in the 60s. Mm, yeah. It got updated to gay allegory in the 90s. But this one so far doesn't seem to have much of an allegory to it. No. Yeah, it seems to be a vague, I guess, prejudice. It's allegory. more just yeah, yeah, prejudice. Yeah. And again, I think that flows back to the cartoon. Like the cartoon's not as yeah, heavy-handed with that watered down. down. Yeah. yeah, so it feels more in that vein. Though, that being said, I love that this is embracing the comic book aspect because... 
It's one of the things I hate about the Brian Singer production more than Brian Singer himself. Yeah, well, that's, that's, for, diff- that's for different that's reasons. Yeah. Is that he hated comic books. Oh, really? He really didn't. He didn't respect them. He thought they were a, a, a lower art form. He wanted to make this because he recognized the allegory that was interesting to him. But he banned comic books on the set of his movies because he said he didn't want them to influence the movie at all. Well, the, the thing that the movie is based on. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. want any influences Which from that. I hate that so much. I So I love that there's even the joke in the X-Men movie where Cyclops says, what did you want, yellow spandex? yeah. And the audience is like, yeah, 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 kind that of. Looks yeah. cool. That's but that's like that the was look. the attitude to be like, that's for kids, mate. Yeah, we don't do yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we're electrocuting toads in this. Come I'm on. glad the Brian Singer is gone and won't be directing do movies this, hopefully yeah. anymore. It's true. But I'm also glad that this was obviously more camp and cartoony and fun. Yeah, it feels more fun. Yeah. Okay, so Xavier now wakes up. Charles is on. He wait. He opens his eyes and he's on top of the Statue of Liberty. <gasps> In his wheelchair. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, I know, exactly. Um, he's actually on top of the little crown bit, like right okay. at the very top. On his wheelchair. On his little wheelchair. That's dangerous. And he's like, you can just imagine him going. <laughs> <laughs> um, and our old friend, this is the first, the first conversation between Magneto and Xavier. Welcome back to the land of the living, Charles. What have you done with Beast? Not me. The government took him. Well. And it helps them with an anonymous call to the National Security Council. If they harm him in any way, I swear. What? What do you swear? You should be grateful. I spared your life. I'm sparing it with each passing second, and I could take it with a wave of my hand. And with a thought. I could destroy your mind. My abilities are stronger now than they used to be. A state. Of mutual assured destruction. You didn't kill me. I suppose I don't really want you dead, Charles. I want you with me, at my side, like the good old days. The offer I make to you this evening is the offer I will soon make to the world. Give me your time, your poor, your huddled mutants yearning to breathe free. There's a place for you in the Brotherhood. And for your exit, We want no part of wholesale slaughter or of your desire to see Homo sapiens enslaved by Homo superior. You still dream of coexistence, don't you? You still think man and mutant can live together? Yes, I do. The battle you've chosen has left great men dead in its wake. That doesn't mean it's not worth fighting. Oh, you amaze me. Look at all the killing and ethnic cleansing going on in this world. Look at what's happened to beast. Man's inhumanity to man is ageless and timeless. The Congress had their way. The great leaders of this nation. They'd have you in chains and a number burned into your forehead. But they won't have their way. If not for me, they would. Their hatred comes from fear, and you feed that fear by the assassination of a United States Senator. By acts of random terrorism, you're only widening the rift. Then what good are you doing? By the time I'm done, that rift will be a gaping chasm. Why not join with me to help heal this bigotry, instead of adding to it? Because if you want to be heard in a room full of people screaming, top of their lungs, 
You have to be the one who screams the loudest and the longest. You have to roar into the maelstrom. I'd love to share my plans with you. I once thought of you as my only friend. I give you one last chance to join me. Because against me, you will never win. We are ready for you. You wear your brave face well. Pity. It will soon turn to a mask of sorrow. One last thing, Charles. I know you have him. Your animal pet with his big, sharp claws. He will not save you. Can I, can I just say? Yep. It might be the classiest scene we've done. I think so. Two Shakespearean it style performers. Mono a mono. <laughs> it's it's great, isn't it? That's like that's such a great scene. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's classic Magneto and Xavier. Oh, who are by the way modelled on Martin Luther King, uh, and uh, Malcolm X. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, that makes sense yeah. in terms of the because again, it was yeah. a race allegory of yeah, the sixties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. that mentality. Obviously. Exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Malcolm X never <laughs> created a a race war. <laughs> no, no. But I still, I st- it's still hard not to hear that voice and not think, "You shall not pass." <laughs> like it's yeah. I love the way Ian McKellen says, "Charles." Yeah, Charles. Welcome, Charles. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So Magneto now flies away as he does in his yep. little bubble, and he leaves um, uh, Charles up there. Now we cut back to the X-Mansion. Um, we're in the kitchen and Cyclops and Logan are both sort of licking their wounds. Um, they've been beaten in the uh, the danger room again. Yep. Um, Logan craps open a, a six-pack. It's because they're not working together, you see, Cambo. They're not being a team. And Cyclops is sick of Logan's lone wolf attitude. And Logan, he continues to flirt with Jean right in front of Cyclops. Come on, mate. Um, so Cyclops... He loses it and he tips the table over and uh, Wolverine falls down on the uh, the ground. He continues drinking his, his beer <laughs> the way he's laying on the ground. Uh, Logan and Cyclops, they go at it back and forth. They actually start just punching each other, laying into each other. And it's getting more and more serious. Then Iceman in his head suddenly sort of holds his head. He hears Xavier's voice and he nods. He then shoots out beams of ice and he freezes both of them in place. And they both sort of fall to the ground with yeah. a thud. Uh, Charles appears in the driveway. I don't know how he made it down from the specialty <laughs> in his wheelchair yeah. on the top of the statue. Uh, I'll he, tell you he how. He made it slowly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's uh, a little bit of a pothole there. Um, but they all gather around him and they we find themselves in the war room of the X-Mansion. And uh, Charles ends up explaining uh, his relationship with Magneto. Uh, Eric believed that the uh, Homeo Superior grew in numbers that they should sort of take over and his hopes for survival would be taken over to dominate mankind. He thought, he thought that's what their role was. Um, and a long, Xavier tells this story about a long time ago, they worked in a small clinic behind the Iron Curtain. And one evening, two badly wounded teenagers were brought in and nothing could be done to save them. And the uh, they sort of learned later that these two, a boy and a girl, had been dragged from their homes and beaten by an angry mob because they were mutants, okay. you see. And he said the town that they were in was a little place called Chernobyl. Oh. So Charles okay. then says that the result of that okay. him firing up was the Chernobyl nuclear disaster on April 26, 1986. So Meg, so... That was the first time that Eric truly revealed the full extent of his powers. He caused Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's what they're saying. <laughs> and so in that fight, then Charles tried to sort of take him over, like mind control him, yeah. and it got so it was all sort of back. And, that's why he sort of said, "My powers are, are more yeah. now because I couldn't really do it back then." Yeah. But um, is Magneto wearing his helmet in this? Uh, yeah, he does have his helmet, okay. but they don't reference that it can it block stuff it, yeah, or anything right. like that. Okay. Um, because it's sort it's sort of a bit strange. All the fights and stuff, it seems it's very much like the X Men go and fight. Yeah, and Charles, yeah, yeah, does his other thing. He's not sort of part of that. Um. So they sort of they understand their relationship now because this is the first time that the because we know about Magneto, but then this is the first time everyone else sort of learns about him. Now, uh, Magneto's got his set sight on New York. Charles explains that his sensor array can sort of read um, fluctuations in the magnetic field, and then he wants Angel to fly out over Manhattan to locate the Brotherhood so they can figure out where he is. And while he's doing that, um, they're like, "Oh yeah." We've got to figure out what happened to Beast as well. <laughs> Beast got kidnapped. He just took him, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now we go to Angel. He's gliding over New York City. And he's got his little device attached to him so he can sort of see where there's the magnetic fields. Yep. He flies on. But as he's flying, we then zoom down and we go to the secret government compound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with um, Guy Rich is down there. Um, it's in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. So we go inside and there's a tort. It's referred to as torture room. So we're in the torture room and Beast is wrapped in chains and he's being held underwater. The torturer then sort of turns a wheel and Beast sort of comes back up and he can catch his breath again. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Trask and, and Guy Rich are sort of there looking at him and they're like, "Yeah, okay. You where, tell us, tell us where, tell us where the X Men are. We've got you all under control. It's all, it's all being taken care of." And then Beast has this really weird sort of back and forth with them. Um, like he's really sort of way more jokey than I remember. Okay. Like, hey, you're treating me so bad, I'm not going to do you any favors. And he goes, what do you expect? Buy me dinner if you want to ask me questions. <laughs> like, it's it's way more quippy. Yeah. Than okay. when, like for someone being tortured as well. Yeah. And it's actually very reminiscent of. There's a whole bit of it. It's very reminiscent of um, in Casino Royale where James Bond's being tortured, and oh, he goes, you know, he right. goes, oh, I've got a scratch. Yeah. He goes, yep, yeah. no, 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 to the left, to, to the left. left. Yeah. Beast does that in this. He's like, oh, if you're going to do that, could you just make sure you just punch me here because I've got a little bit of a oh my thing. God. Yeah, it's very, very similar to that scene. Yeah. Beast d- doesn't later get ch- tied to a chair with the bottom. Oh, but- out, does <laughs> no, no, not quite, not quite. Now we're back with Logan and he walks into uh, Charles's room as he's asleep. He leans over Charles and he says to him, I need a favor. Okay. Then we cut to the psych lab. Is Charles awake? No. Okay. <laughs> he wakes up though. Yeah, he yeah, okay, wake okay. Up. So we, we, we cut to the psych lab and Logan is strapped into it. So we've got Gene is now awake and mm-hmm. Charles is there. And he says, I need you to find out what's going on in my head. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm having weird visions. I'm having all this. And he's he's also started to having a weird vision with he's in a field of flowers as well. Oh, and so he's like, I want I want to know. That's the only nice vision that he's got. He's yeah. like, what the hell is that? So Charles nods. So they all lie back together. They all close their eyes. So it's very Inception-like. There's a lot of little threads here. So they all go into, basically they go into Logan's mind. Yeah. yeah. So this is where it gets a bit weird because they're on like the ethereal plane inside his brain and they start to walk around and they get swept up and taken to the Weapon X lab. So they get taken to a memory and they see Logan inside a vat and he's, he's got all the stuff attached to him and they're like pumping his blood full of the um, adamantium into his bones. Finally, they reach this field of flowers that he's talked about. Uh, but then suddenly it sort of flips and they're now in a brainwashing room Right? Okay. And Logan is tied to a chair with his eye, you know, Clockwork Orange yep. style, eyes taped open. And there's a soothing voice saying, you are, you are not an animal. You are a man. 
you are not an animal, you are a man. And all of Logan's happy memories are sort of being implanted along with the photos oh. that he had. And they're all like being, so basically they're sort of brainwashing yeah. him. And the person doing it is um, his handler, yeah, Hudson. From, from the start. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we're outside in the waiting room and all the other X-Men are sort of outside and they're like, oh, he's been in there for, for hours. What's, what's happening? And then a weary Logan sort of pushes the doors out. Logan is now sitting in the bedroom looking at photos. And he realized, so he's realized now that all of those photos were fake implants that the government yeah. sort of put in. And he asked Charles to go back in, but Charles is like, hey, mate, that's too dangerous. No. No, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> and all that he really found out was his old boss was the one that sort of screwed with his memories. But he, when he's looking through the box, he does find a, a, a photo in there. And it's a new one that it's one of the X-Men of all of them together that Jean had like slipped in there. And she's sort of trying to say to him, look, you have a family, even though these you memories aren't there. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. This, is, this is something that's real. So now we go back to the compound and we've got Beast still being held captive. The torturer comes out and he sort of enters the room. Um, Beast is now unconscious and they sort of approach him. But as they approach him, they sort of unlock him to move him to another cell. Yep. And suddenly Beast jumps up, he frees himself, and he starts smashing all the guts. He, he knocks two of their heads together like a plunk. Then Guy Rich comes out of a room, it says in the script, in his pajamas with a pistol. Okay. And starts sort of firing. It's just a weird note they put in yeah. that he was in his pajamas. They start firing a gun. I am picturing the sleeping cap. Cap, yeah, 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 yeah. Dr. Snooze. Yeah, exactly. We then fly up into the sky. So from the, I like this idea of like it follows that and then it goes up into the sky, uh-huh. which is look really cool. And so we're back at um, Angel flying around with his um, detection device. Yep. And he sees Toad. So it starts going off. He so he follows it. And he sees Toad walking back in a warehouse with a, a bag full of groceries. Angel lands on the rooftop across and he puts a tracking device there. Um, and then a buzzer sounds at the, the mansion. It sort of lights up that he's found something in Harlem. Um, then we see sort of... Uh, rumbling from the X-Mansion's grounds uh, and the ground sort of opens it. You know that classic, the yeah. ground opens up? Yeah. And you know how there's usually the jet? Yeah. Yeah, it's not a jet. Okay. No, it's the X-Chopper. Yeah. But wait a minute, because the jet is, the idea behind the jet is it's super stealth. Stealth, yeah. It has this, it goes invisible and everything. Yeah. This is it literally... They, they it, say if any radar can pick up our jet, they deserve to catch us. That's how stealth it is. It's, this is, no, this is a loud helicopter with okay. a giant X across the front. Yeah, I guess the blades are an X. Yeah, well, yeah, this is probably... Yeah, actually, that's very good, Cambo. You should do marketing. <laughs> um, so then Angel, he sneaks closer. He set the tracking device, but he sneaks closer to get a better look. So he goes right outside the window and he sees the whole brotherhood in there sitting around a meeting table. So we've got Ta- uh, we've got Toad, we've got Blob, yep. uh, we've got Sabretooth, Magneto and Juggernaut's all in there. Then Sabretooth, he starts sniffing the air a bit. Mm. So that's the old sniff. Angel turns to leave. Just as he does, a hand smashes through the glass, grabs him by the neck and Sabretooth says, Be five. Bo-fam, I smell the blood of an X-Man. <laughs> okay, okay. So he's a lot more whimsical he than is. Sabretooth. Oh, I, I do prefer a talking Sabretooth. Yeah, than the grunting. In the first one, he doesn't He doesn't talk, do a lot. Yeah, I don't mind him chatting. I don't mind yeah. him chatting. Um, the X-Chopper now lands on the roof and they follow the blue dot, but they don't see Angel anywhere. They're like, where is he? So they go into the hideout and they start looking around. So the Brotherhood's not in the hideout? They've all left now. Presumably because they heard the helicopter from <laughs> yeah, 10 miles yeah. away. 
Chuck, 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 chuck. All right, all right. We got ten minutes to get out of here before they arrive. And do you know what's great when you're fighting someone that can control metal? Yeah, coming in in a loud metal <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. When when your flight is controlled purely by the metal blades <laughs> above you, exactly. Yeah, it's, good. it's good thinking. It's good thinking. Um, Jean then reaches out with her powers and she sees where Angel is. They find him under a table, bloodied and bruised. Cyclop picks him up. He's unconscious and his wings have been snapped in half and broken. Like he's completely Ooh, crippled. Yeah. Like they've been like ripped out. If Xavier thought he was worthless before. Yeah, now, really, he really now he's just he's a worthless. guy. Exactly. Um, back at the X-Mansion, they take Angel to a med bay and they find, they find who's there? Who, who do you reckon is there? Beast is there, mate. Of course. Beast is, and can I just say they're all like, "Oh, Hank, you're alive! Um, oh, it's go great!" They open him with open arms and everything like that. But can I just say, no one actually tried to save him at all. Is that, <laughs> yeah. not, is that not weird? Yeah, they only went there because Angel, like, they went out because Angel put a tracking Track device, him, but they never went out to, to save, Beast. save Beast. That is really weird, isn't it? They they stopped because Wolverine's like, ah, oh, there's been this thing that's been bugging me for a while. Can you can you have a go at this? It's so weird. That's weird, isn't it? That is weird. Um, now we're back with the Brotherhood, and they've moved locations now. Um, and this is actually a pretty cool little montage that they do. So the the Brotherhood starts appearing in all different areas of New York City. So Magneto is under the Queensboro Bridge, and he opens up a suitcase and he takes out his classic body armor and helmet. So Great. he's got the comic accurate body armor and helmet toad then swings like spider-man from roof to roof on top of a fire station Mm -hmm. i'm imagining the one from ghostbusters Ghostbusters. thank you Um, juggernaut is in central park and he opens a drain and he smashes his way inside and Sabretooth is climbing up trump tower yeah Uh, and blob is trying to get through uh, the comedic style is of bob he's trying to get through blob um he's trying to get to us bob to us friend friend of the podcast um, is trying to get through turnstiles at the Times Square underground subway. So he's too fat to yeah, get through. Yeah. And the guy's like, hey, you can't go through. Tendent sort of looks over and, and Blob sort of broken all the turnstiles. And so he's like, oh, I haven't got a ticket. Sabretooth gets to the top of the Trump Tower and he finds a Trump helicopter. You know the one that says Trump on yeah. the side? So I don't know whether Donald Trump put any money into this. Think of the cameos they wanted. Donald Trump. Trump. Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, is that actor oh, no. James Woods down there? <laughs> 1994, people. It's amazing. Look who's stopped by the X-Mansion. It's Bill Cosby. (laughs) (laughs) And Kevin Spacey. (laughs) Now, Toad is seen driving out of the fire station in a fire truck at high speed. And simply, the the Queensboro Bridge lifts off its moorings and collapses into the East River. Yeah. Classic Magneto move to move the bridge. He loves the move bridge. X-Men, what, three, the last stand. uh, What, Golden Gate. Golden Gate for that one. Um... Back in the mansion, the alarm sounds as the X-Men hear police scanners. All the police scanners are going up, going like, New York's under attack. We need help. This, it's, everything's going crazy. But before they can do anything, Charles notices something on Beast's right shoulder. A little it's the stitch mark in there. It's a small electronic device. It's a tracking device. They wanted Beast to escape. Oh, it's always the thing. Classic. Then as soon as they do that, the government, all the trailers, the jeeps and everything start pouring onto the main gates of the compound. Gunrush troopers, they get out. Um, he stands there with Trask in front of a command post. And uh, then they have the, the great line, 
release the sentinels. Great. And then the roof of the van sort of opens up and three huge sentinels. Now the sentinels are, uh, anyone that knows X-Men, they're the giant sort of mutant hunting robots, sen- robots yeah, that yeah. come out. So these they look like your classic jig robots, except these ones are in three bright colours. So we have a red, a green and a blue one. Okay. They're all about eight foot tall yep. um, and they're filled with like guns and lasers and all this sort of stuff. Mm. So then we have a huge sentinel fight at the mansion. Then we cut from there. So between this fight, we're then going back to the Brotherhood attacking New York. So now we're back in New York and Toad is in the fire truck. He jams a fire axe onto the accelerator and he gets to the back of the truck, climbs up the ladder and as it's hurtling straight ahead, Sabretooth in the Trump helicopter comes around the corner and Toad leaps onto the helicopter and they sort of fly off as the fire truck smashes into the Holland Tunnel. Huge fireball erupts and the tunnel's completely blocked. Blob is standing in a darkened subway tunnel and a train rounds the corner. Wheels sort of start screeching and it just hits him dead on. He goes to try and hug it. And the train just crumples like a metallic accordion. Oh. Yeah, then it bursts into flames. A lot of people are dying. Yeah, here, heaps man. of people. Like yeah. this is a full train. Um, Juggernaut then smashes through the Plus wall. anyone on that bridge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. people's cars are just falling off. Um, Juggernaut smashes through the wall of another subway station and he just keeps walking through walls until he eventually hits the river and water starts gushing in. Back to the Sentinel fight. uh, And then Logan comes out of the woods and he goes, Not so fast, Tin Man. And he rips the Sentinels up because he's always good at, like, destroying robots like that. So he rips off the the arms and then it opens its chest and it has all these gun barrels in there. It's just about to blow Logan away. But then Cyclops unleashes a vision blast like no other we have seen before. And Red just totally explodes. His body flies up in the sky and it lands on the troop truck and knocks everyone out and they all, like, everything sort of explodes. And then Logan and Cyclops, they help each other up and they say thanks. So there's, we're starting to see this teamwork has yeah. sort of come together now. Back in New York City, sirens are going crazy. And Magneto floats over to the Brooklyn Bridge and he does his... He does the same. Does the bridge he does trick. the bridge trick again. Yeah. He rips it off its moorings and he smashes it into the river. So basically... He's isolating all of New York. Yeah, yeah, uh, Manhattan specifically, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so it's like the Dark Knight Rises yeah, style, yeah, yeah. where Bane's blocking everything off. Then we're back in the morning, and we're actually in front of the UN building, and there's hordes of TV crews and like media and everything, and there's SWAT teams and police officers, and Magneto stands at a microphone with all his brotherhood behind him. Manhattan, in case you haven't noticed, has been brought to its knees. Your subways are flooded and your tunnels blocked. Your bridges from 16th Street to Battery Park are in ruins. And the question issuing from the meat mouth of humankind is, why, oh why, has this bad fate befallen us? But let my answer be carried out to the ends of the earth. Because you would not give us a place in your world, we have taken this one small piece. From this day on, the Isle of Manhattan no longer belongs to man. It now belongs to me and to mine. To mutants! All those of the human persuasion be banished while mutants are welcomed. Free to live in peace and solitude away from baseless discrimination, oppression and prejudice. And 
Just so I'm not accused as a squatter or thief, I'm offering the mayor of New York City full payment in exchange for his splendid little borough. However, I must admit, I haven't exactly accounted for inflation. But paying the same price paid to the Manhattan Indians. To those law enforcement officials gathering outside, and to the ever-scheming leaders of the United States military, I say, keep clear in your memories the limitless power demonstrated this morning. Unless you wish to see it wielded again, you keep us happy and keep away. The only thing we Homo Superior further require from man is the continued supply of water and electricity into our city. Now, 13 bridges in and above Harlem still stand untouched, but in five short days, they too shall fall. So, citizens of Manhattan, it's time to go. I must warn you, looters, pillagers, and stragglers will not be tolerated. And with that said, let your exodus begin. You've just cost hundreds, maybe thousands of life. What are you talking about? If not for your attack, my X-Men might have been there to stop the Brotherhood. Don't try to push off what a bunch of your murdering mutant friends did, cripple. Get him out of my sight. Outside with his friends. What are we gonna do with him? He knows where we live now. Don't touch me! Calm down, sissy boy. We're not gonna hurt you, no matter how much we'd like to. Keep away from me! I'll crawl out of here on my belly before I let you lay your hands on me again. I believe he's under the ignorant impression that we're somehow contagious. What a jackass. The popsicle's right, though. What do we do with Gyrick and his barrel of clowns? Bring him here. I know what to do. Get your hands up! Don't touch me! <laughs> so, a couple of things there. Yeah. Good old monologue. Yeah, a villain monologue. Great Fantastic. villain monologue. We always love seeing it. Magneto's doing a lot of speeches via just a television set in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Just there's a lot of film crews. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people around still yeah. like putting stuff up for yeah. him. Yeah. It's great. Um, and then they're getting rid of um, Guy Rich and, and Trask and his troops, yeah? Mm -hmm. So we snap to them waking up in a New Jersey supermarket parking lot. They have no memory of where they've been. They have no idea what's happened to them. They're like, were we on our way to do something? I don't know. Then Trask notices his sentinels are gone. He goes... Where are my where are my sentinels? And then one of the troops goes, Can we go home now? <laughs> that is the end of that storyline, okay. by the way. Okay. So is it just there to have a sentinel fight? Uh, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. To you didn't toys. really it doesn't doesn't change the doesn't they don't learn anything from it. Nothing you can make goes. sentinel toys. Yeah, well yeah, yeah. Now you're talking. Now we go to a great um Exodus montage of New York. So Look, Magneto's he's given everyone a chance to get out. Yeah. He's not just mercilessly yeah. killing everyone. Yeah. Like going around. Magneto's thing is always that he considers himself a very fair person. Yes. So I suppose yeah. he's like, 
look, we're just taking Manhattan. Yeah. He, a, bit, bit, uh, a bit ahead of his time, time there, calling them out on their treatment of the I'd, Manhattan like Indians. That. I know. That's saying we'll pay you the exact, exact same, same which is like a box of trinkets. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, he's saying, look, you can get out. You've got five days to get out. Yeah. But uh, after that, we will kill you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Looters will not be tolerated. So we have this like traffic blocked, um, like the police are going around telling everyone to evacuate, mandatory evacuation. And the Brotherhood, we sort of cut to them all taking what they want, like juggernauts in a bank, toads getting a nice this suit This won't made. be tolerated. No, exactly. They're looting. <laughs> They're looting. Um, Blob is eating at Carnegie Deli. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and he's just stuffing his face. And the Atlas statue is being raised, um, you know the one from Rockefeller Plaza? Yeah. It's being sort of hovering across the city because Magneto likes it somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> Charles, Charles is plugged into Cerebro and he's sort of watching. There's all these mutants that are starting to make their way to New York. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, oh, no. Um, it's sort of working. They're like, oh no, his plan's working. Is that dialogue? Oh no, it's sort of working. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the o- that's the only thing he uses Cerebro for. Okay, just that one scene to so see the people going to Manhattan. Yeah, and it's just red dots no. moving closer. Um, but then Iceman and Logan, they watch another. They're back on the TV. They're watching uh, the monitors in the war room. I say you let all the muties get in there, and then the president drops a nuclear bomb on the place. <laughs> Yeah, that'll solve a lot of problems all at once. At the borders of New Jersey, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx, effectively surrounding Manhattan. However, military offensives in the East Village, Tribeca, and Times Square have been easily repelled by the Brotherhood. Governmental policies being what they are, I should have expected mutants to respond to Magnus, but I had hoped for better. You've said it before, sir. One battle at a time to win the war. Speaking of war, Charlie, how much longer are you planning on keeping us sitting on the sidelines? Must we do this again? Yeah, I guess so, because I'm itching, all right? And the civilians have cleared out of Manhattan, and the army boys and the marines had their shot, and they blew it. So what are we waiting for now? You're out of line, Logan. See, you and Jeannie may think every word out of Xavier's mouth is a pearl of wisdom, but to me, it's just a lot of hot air lately. If you feel so strongly, why not go without the others? I would, if I thought I could take on the Brotherhood alone. But even I'm not quite that talented. (laughs) Careful there. You almost came right out and said you needed us. It concerns me that you're so anxious for this fight. What do you want? You want to hear that you put my karma back together so great that I'm just a grinning, happy fellow now? I'm not going to lie to you. All I'm saying is, the longer it takes us to start slamming, the deeper they dig in. You've made your point. Bobby, go with Jean and Scott. You leave for Manhattan tonight. You can pick up Beast on the way. Tell him I'll be along soon to look after Angel. That's more like it. Logan, stay behind a moment. It's been a long journey for you to get where you are today. In many ways, I've been proud of you. Look, I don't need Please allow me to finish a sentence without interruption. Just this once. As I was saying, you've come far. Before you joined my X-Men, they had already faced the Brotherhood and been defeated. So you see, the status quo would not do. They lacked experience which you've helped with. 
By introducing them to your peculiar love of violence, you've hardened them to a certain extent. However, your services are no longer required. What? Logan, I am asking you to leave my home. Gather your things with as little disruption as possible, and I'll have your motorcycle brought around front. You... you can't do this. Is this really so unexpected? After all, you haven't made much of an attempt to become a part of the team. I think Scott said it best when you first arrived. He said he's not one of us. And even though Scott has made a martyr's effort to accept you, it's become increasingly obvious to me that he was right from the start. I don't know what else to say. Get out. Logan, I'm afraid I have lied to you. What is this? Just another one of your head games? Logan, you are an X-Man. You always will be. Until the day you decide otherwise. Forget what I said before. Never forget how you felt when I said it. Remember how it would feel if you lost everything you've gained. Everything you treasure so secretly. Now go. The Brotherhood is waiting. I think Xavier needs to learn how to let a moment land. He, seriously, <laughs> it goes from, hey, you should leave. By the way, joking. You're an X-Man and you will be forever. It's it's a weird little... Yeah. I understand what he said. It's like, forget what I said, but never forget how you felt, felt when I said yeah. it. Because obviously you, this hurt you because you love the X-Men. Because you, yeah, your initial reaction was like, oh, but I don't want to leave. Yeah, because you love the X-Men and you want to kiss them and you want to marry yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. But he's he loves his mind games. Yeah. He loves getting in there and shuffling about and yeah. making you feel... That's not even his powers. That's him just being <laughs> a jerk. Yeah, it's just, it's just him being a prick. It's ridiculous. It's just him. But what it what this means now is... This is the final battle. Great. We're up. This is this is it. So we cut to the X Chopper. It's getting loaded up with supplies. Everyone is putting on their body armor, except Logan's not there. So Jean goes off to find him. And she looks in his room and she finds his shoebox. They used to have all these photos in it. All the other photos are gone except for one photo that's left. The X-Men. And that's the X-Men photo. And she looks I at that. I would like to think that it was him laying down with that picture in a picture frame. And he's got his hand on it like the meme, you know, the meme of Wolverine. <laughs> when the he's doing that, yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, and then Logan appears at the door and he says, let's do this. Yep. So now we're, we're all in the X Chopper and we're flying through New York City between the Twin Towers. Mm -hmm. He mentions, oh, oh, yeah, this is 1994. So the X Men are now walking along the, the abandoned street. And he, they, they're not suffering from the, uh, the Superman thing where there's people around. They've made a point of like, everyone's evacuated yeah. now, so we can do what we can destroy whatever <laughs> we want. They knew this all the way back in 94. Exactly. So they're walking along an abandoned street. Um, they turn a corner. At the end of the street, we see the Brotherhood ready for action. So it's, this is the, the final confrontation. Cyclops holds Logan back and he says, Remember, Wolverine, stick together and work as a team. Magneto then simply raises his arms and metal starts flying from everywhere in the city street. Um, Gene then creates an energy dome around them. So now we have five individual fights that all take place and they all cut between each other. Beast takes on Toad down at the docks. 
Beast flips around, kicks Toad off. Then Toad starts using his spittle on him. And then Beast falls all the way down to the water. But just as he lands, he starts hovering there. And we we pan up to see Gene above above him. Um, Toad looks around confused and then punches Toad out. So Toad's out of it now. Logan walks into the New York Stock Exchange. And he hears the sound of someone hitting, you know that opening bell? Yeah. It's like Sabretooth hitting the, like, <laughs> ding, 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 like round one style. Um, and then we hear an, a, we hear another and they put a shink in yep. there. Shink, yeah. Um, and then Logan pops his claws and they have this huge bite. And it's a really vicious sort of like cutting each other up fight. Iceman takes on Blob. Blob starts charging Iceman and he has an idea. He shoots a beam of ice under Blob and Blob sort of has that whole whoa, 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 whoa. And he slides into the fountain and then Iceman freezes the fountain and he gets stuck ah, in there up to the head nice. and he can't do anything. Yeah. And then finally, we have Cyclops. He's running through Wall Street and he hears the ground start shaking behind him and he sees Juggernaut lumbering after him. Cyclops, he stands his ground, but he doesn't notice the huge bronze bull statue from Wall... You know that giant one they have? Yeah, Wall Street, that starts yeah. floating behind him and like coming <laughs> and then we cut away. And then we see a giant beam in the distance and everyone who's sort of finished their battles, they go, oh, no, Cyclops is in trouble. So they all start yeah. coming back to where Cyclops so is. So each, each of the X-Men that have split up, they have a one-on-one fight with one of the Brotherhood. Yes. And they defeat their counterpoint. Each counterpoint, yeah. So yeah. now it's just Magneto and Sabretooth left. Yes. Oh, no, uh, Magneto and Juggernaut. Juggernaut left, left yeah. So it's look, it's an interesting way to do it. And I do feel like it sort of gives everyone a little chance to have Easier their little- Easier to film as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Rather than people flying around and stuff like that. So, I, yeah, I don't mind. I actually quite like that. Um, so then we see when, when the rest of the team get there we see the bronze uh, bull statue logged half in the ground and Juggernaut's throwing Scott around like a rag doll Magneto holds up Scott but then Magneto he takes off Cy- Cyclops' visor yeah. and so it's not like he can't even close his eyes so you know in the other one yeah, he can close yeah. his eyes This as soon as the visor's off it, it, there's, there's, there's boom so then he starts using Cyclops' head as a weapon and he aims his head at the X-Men and starts like attacking them with yeah, that Yeah, that's mount. an episode of The Boys where they're the little baby. They're the little baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the exact same thing. He's using it like a gun. It's the exact same thing. So he starts doing that and then when he hits Jean, Jean puts up her um, defense yep. shield. Then when um, he accidentally hits Jean, then cause Cyclops to go insane. And so he goes, ah. So he starts, he elbows Magneto and he pulls himself free. He pulls his visor back down. But then Magneto strikes Cyclops and G- then Jean gets upset and yeah. she goes, let him go. And she lets out a huge wave of psychic energy and he blasts uh, Magneto off to the Empire State Building and he hits into the side of it. He gets all these metal beams and he gets them to come out of the ground and they do that thing, you know, when they wrap around people. Yeah. And, it, like, and basically he ties up all of the, the X-Men yeah. in there. And then Logan jumps out and like smashes Magneto in the side of the head. His helmet goes flying. Magneto turns his attention back to Logan. As he does that, he then realizes that Logan's got all the metal in him and he does the old, I'm going, he gets pissed off and he says, um, he's going to rip the metal right out from his, his, his bones. So he starts doing that. Logan starts screaming in pain, but it gives enough time for the others to get out because they're distracting now so they can get out of their bonds. And then they just do an all out assault on him. So Cyclops hits him with a bar blast. Um, Gene does like a psychic beam on him. Uh, Beast goes into a ball and like rolls into him and slams. He does that in a cartoon. I remember he used to do that in the cartoon. And then Iceman shoots all these spikes at him. So they're just like pounding him yeah. from all art, um, from all sides. And he's done at that point. Trope of early comic book films is everyone used their powers Power- at once. once. Yeah, at the one time. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everyone just goes bang. Um, and then as he's lying on the ground, Logan pops his claws out and he's just about to attack yeah. uh, Magneto. But then Cyclops, he stops him. And he goes... 
no, we're not, we're not like going to kill people. And so then he retracts his claws just in time to just punch him. Um, now we cut back to the ex-chopper. They hover over the army troops and they drop a net with all the Brotherhood bound and gagged in it. They fly off. We now cut to the White House where we see the president. Uh, we've got Guyrich and Trask sitting with the president and they're having a chat. And an aide asks him, he says, Mr. President, what should we tell the world? And now we cut back to another TV screen. Members of the Brotherhood have been taken into custody thanks to the combined effort of the United States intelligence community and the armed forces. The Huda government officials expressed regret that they were unable to capture the group of mutant terrorists called the X-Men, who are said to have assisted the Brotherhood in the takeover. There will be a ticket tape parade in Manhattan today. Not for us. Uh, who wants a lousy ticket tape parade anyway? I mean, I do. Yeah, me too. <laughs> if you would indulge me, words won't truly do justice, so I'll just say this. I raise a glass to you, my family. Cut to the outside of the X-Mansion, Wolverine's motorbike parked in the driveway. Are you sure we can't convince you to stay, Logan? Nah. There is a certain ex-employer of mine up in Canada I'm going to have a chat with. I'll be back, though, someday. Logan, take care. I will. That's it. That's it. That's it. That Classic. is our 1994 X-Men. Classic X-Men ending. Logan going to get answers. Yeah. On, on his he's always looking for answers. Looking on for, and, his, he's yeah. getting out of here on his Harley Davidson. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? He needs to because they wouldn't like him. No, no you wouldn't like me. <laughs> so, Cambo, what are your initial thoughts? What are you thinking? It's fun. It's fun. I it's think it's fun. fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's pretty fun. I, I'm, I'm picturing it like super out there, camp. Yeah, uh, like technicolored kind of fun. I think um, I think you could probably get rid of the Sentinel fight, that whole sort of subplot. Yeah, and just focus the the Brotherhood. There's got some cool mutants there. That fight scene where they all have a they all have a crack. Yeah, at, that that seems like they would be really cool. You'd you'd probably cut between each one and things the, like that. The, uh, the image of all the X Men in their colorful costumes walking down the streets in New York. Great. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, And there's a lot to love. I think some of the quippy lines are interesting. I wouldn't cut a single one. Okay, good. Okay, (laughs) that's fine. Even the knock knock. Who's there? Uh, I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cut that. I wouldn't cut the um, fee fi fo fan. I smell the blood of an X-Man. Of an X-Man. Exactly. But Kevin, you probably want to know what happened. Absolutely. So. So this draft, remember, was June 7th, 1994. Mm-hmm. And at this point, the X-Men writes, they were so they were basically bouncing around so much. So 20th Century Fox had them. And they definitely wanted to do something with them. But Walker's draft, it did receive really good notes from the guys at 20th Century Fox. There was a lot of studio execs that really liked it. But there was not enough there for them to really push forward, they felt, which I, I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, one thing that people think ultimately held it back. Again, for 1994, the scale was huge. Yeah, that, I, that was a thought that crossed my mind. They, and so a lot of people put it down to um, 
uh, budget constraints. Because again, 94 for a film like this, you're doing the destruction of basically all of these New York sites. Yeah. And this is like CGI is in its infancy. To be fair, two years later, 1996, they did release Independence Day. This is the exact same studio did release Independence Day. But Independence Day... It actually, its budget was only like seventy million or something like yeah. that. So it was a, it was a smaller big, budget big for the time. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were feeling that at this point, that yeah. sort of that I, sort of level. I would say that the harder things for ninety four would be the Sentinels, because you need mm. to either make eight foot tall robots that can work practically, yeah. or CGI them when CGI is very, very new. new. Yeah, uh, Juggernaut. Yeah. Like, how do you do? I think Juggernaut, you just cast a huge dude. And prosthetics. And just yeah. give him some, yeah, 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 put him in a suit, yeah. But they're the things, if they're trying to make them comic accurate, that uh, Heart and Iceman, that would have to be CGI. Yeah. You can't practically do a man made of ice skating, skating around, around ice. Th- exactly. Waves. So now now we're just like, you watch Avengers and all this stuff, you're just used to seeing that yeah. stuff. Yeah. But if you think about when this was done, <laughs> it's like, would it really just be a guy and he just does like, hey, yeah, huh, huh. probably. Yeah. yeah. And you're just like, nah, okay, not as uh, Who not would as play Guy Rich, do you think? Which slimy 90s actor? <laughs> I, I was picturing James Woods. Oh, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, really good, really good. So that's really why it sort of fell apart at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah, um, too big. And it's and it wasn't until sort of six years later that mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we've got a better idea. Yeah. We but even, even the new, even the 2000 X-Men, when you think about the level of destruction stuff in way it, way smaller, way smaller. They don't take over a city. Yeah, they, they take over part of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, and it releases the <laughs> womp womp yeah, thing. Yeah, but there's not that same level. Whereas no. this really relies on that sort of. I would level. say that some total of destruction in the first X Men movie is the roof of a train station. Yep, and part of the Statue of Liberty doesn't even make it to the land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. way smaller. So there's that. That's probably another thing to. To take into account that they've sort of brought it back down because this, you can see some of the things in X Men Last Stand with the bridge destroying yep. and isolating areas yep. and all those things. So there's a few little touchstones that have sort of lived on yeah. throughout these script processes when they look at couple some. people not here, uh, no Storm, yeah, uh, no Mystique, yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I felt that as well, not having like a female baddie, yeah, like it was a bit weird. Yeah, a little bit. And, Rogue, I mean, Rogue's another one that's usually Rogue, there. And Rogue, Gambit. Rogue not there, Gambit not there. Um, yeah, interesting. I, I do actually like the lineup of X-Men in this. Yeah, well, this is more old school because like Iceman, yeah. Beast, yeah, yeah. Cyclops. Yeah, yeah, they're sort of more original. But yeah, you're right. Not having a female villain is a bit odd. Jean's really the only female character, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. it's pretty thin as yeah. well. But she she gets to... Yeah. She can- I mean, the, the, the writing of women in the other Andrew Kevin Walker films... <laughs> yes. Of any of these films. Look at what happens with Paul Gwyneth Box. Yeah, seven. exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I guess that's a trope of the screenwriter. But uh, but yeah. what we do is we always ask, mm-hmm. we always want to ask the question, yep. would it have been any good, Canva? What are your thoughts? I'm going to I'm gonna divide this okay. between good and fun. Ah, okay. Would it have been any good? 1994? No. No. Yep. <laughs> no, they wouldn't have been able to do it. It would have been pretty tacky. Would it have been fun? Hell oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think that I think the way that they approach the material in terms of making it a bit fun and having and and drilling down on that teamwork element of it. Yeah. I think that really comes through a lot more mm. than um than sort of other of those sort of let's put a team together. Yeah. And I would say the only thing better than seeing this movie had it been made, listening to a podcast about oh, it. I don't <laughs> just love it. That's mate. the real experience. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we have come to the end of our cancelled movie report on Andrew Kevin Walker's 90s version of the X-Men. We hope you enjoyed this episode and this entire movie, and we would love you if you would subscribe. Be it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you like to listen. Your podcast pipe of choice, we're on there. Uh, it would also be terrific if you could leave us a five-star rating, or most importantly of all, just tell a friend about the show. We're completely independent here at Cancel Movie Report, so your support really means the world to us. Talking of support, if you do want to support the show, if you do love it and you want to support us, come join us over on Patreon. Uh, it really does help us make the show. We've got a bunch of cool bonuses, including a whole bonus podcast about the Hollywood casting system. It's a lot of fun. What do you think of the movie? And did we miss anything? We would love to hear from you. You can always get in contact with us via cancelledmovies at gmail.com or at cancelledmovies on all of the socials. And hey, maybe there's a cancelled movie project you've always wanted to hear about. Why not let us know? You can fill out a form in the episode description alerting us to a project, and we may just give it the cancelled movie report treatment. I'm Michael Campbell. I've hosted and edited this episode, and Eden Porter was my co-host as well. Thank you very much for having me, Campbell. And we both produced the show. We would also love... It would be remiss of us not to thank our amazing You have to. You have to. You can't get people that good and not thank them from the bottom of our hearts. I mean, I said it would be remiss. Yeah, yeah, we'd (laughs) be quite remiss. And there's one thing we aren't, we are not remiss. And we never will be. (laughs) You'll find every single cast member listed and linked down in the episode notes below. Make sure you're listening next week, but fair warning, things are getting spooky Ooh. around here because we're talking about our very requested movie on this show, a magnum opus of Guillermo del Toro's At the Mountains of Madness. If you want a little sneak peek, have a listen to this. On a doom scientific expedition. Sir, I've, I've never seen anything like it. Everything we've ever learned. What will we find up there? They will arrive somewhere unnatural. The mountains before surpassed anything in imagination. From the mind of Guillermo del Toro. Jesus Christ, Bill, what are you doing? Where are you leading these men now? Those things back there. They've probably taken the whole crew by now. What could have lived in such a cold, dead place? The answer became evident soon enough. Nothing human. Nothing human at all. At the Mountains of Madness. You must not sail to Antarctica. But until then, take care. <laughs>